Hello and welcome to our first episode of the season for the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Uh, joining me for the first pre-season preview pod is my good friend at D10. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate, and I'm so glad that we got to do this pod because between you and I, obviously the listeners don't, don't know yet, but they will find out that this was on and off and on and off and reorganised and then like Manchester United kind of got in the way, you know, that team. They got in the way. They decided, oh, we're going to play a game on Friday night and they, they postponed the pod, man. So I'm actually, <laughs> I'm really glad that we've sat down and now it's time for the important business of FPL and the, uh, and the, and the pod. Mate, it's almost harder to get you on here than it is to get a media session with Manchester United at the moment, mate. Those are very difficult. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's right up there. It's right up there. I thought you might have had the same PR people, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very similar. That's right. Um, right. Well, we might kick off the first team, which is Leicester. Sort of looking at the transfers, they haven't really done any business, which, you know, is a little bit surprising, but I guess, you know, they they didn't have too bad of a season. Probably would have had a better season if Vardy actually um, stayed on the pitch. But, you know, looking at a couple of their assets um, for this season, like James Madison, 8. 8.0, sort of a bit more expensive than he was last season. But I think that's just he was underpriced last season from what he delivered. So I think it's a pretty fair price. And another person sort of I pointed out is uh, Ricardo Pereira. So spent a lot of the season on the sidelines of injury and kind of didn't really get the chance to break back into the team, but he did start the season well. Um, but yeah, I think he could be a bit of a shoe in for that wide spot. He has started the last two trials out wide. So, you know, things are looking good. I mean, they didn't look great defensively, but um, I think going forward, hopefully a couple of more strong performances from Ricardo and he could nail down that spot. He's only four and a half. So nice little enabler there, but Sort of looking at Leicester's fixtures, their best fixture run is probably week 9 to week 17 and then at the end of the season, 32 to 35. But, yeah, 23 to 27 seem to be sorry, they're probably their worst fixtures. But um, is there anyone you're sort of looking at from Leicester, mate, or any sort of thoughts on um, the likes of Madison or Ricardo? Uh, not so much from Leicester itself. Is Leicester's first match, is it against... Uh... Brentford, by any chance? It is. I can tell you now. Uh, yes, up. because I've got, I've got Vestergaard. Now, I think, I feel like Vestergaard might play, and he's very, very cheap. He's a four point so he's one of those defenders that you get in in order to fill the rest of your team, I suppose, uh, at the start of the season. I've got Vestergaard from Leicester. Um, that's the only player I've got from Leicester at the moment. I think there's just too many options, and that's was. More going to be um, a question I was going to ask to you was in between those good fixture runs like 9 to 17, because uh, I think 32 to 35 is probably end of the season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the World Cup as well and what they do with double game weeks and so forth, or if it's actually yeah. planned all the way through. Um, that will be, I think, the, uh, the sticky end of the season, or the sticky part of the season, should I say. Um, would you be looking to bring in Vardy, even though now there's like... Just a, just a selection of forwards, isn't there? There's Jesus, there's Haaland, there's Ronaldo, there's Kane, there's... Who am I missing? Wilson, there's... Um, just it's going to be difficult, So actually. many options, man. I'd probably... 
I don't know, it might just be more of a differential play or even just a fixture sort of getting in for a couple of good fixtures, but it's just hard at the moment to start the season looking at um, the likes of Jesus, Harlan, Kane, uh, Wilson, who's got you know yeah. two decent fixtures to start off with. But then you then look at, I guess, Dimitrovic and uh, Brennan Johnson. Um, Solanke? Solanke? Yeah, and Solanke, yeah. So the, there's a, a, a few one. options, but... I wouldn't put anyone off Vardy because he made his debut or preseason debut off the bench and got a goal in their last fixture. So I wouldn't put people off him and just maybe yeah. look at how his health's going. But, you know, a good differential pick because he knows how to score goals regardless of how old he's getting. He just seems to know how to find the net. Yeah, well, at the start of last season, like all the hype was around uh, Lukaku. Um, I can't remember many. Oh, Antonio, Lukaku. I can't remember many people having Vardy. Um I chose Vardy, it was quite, like a classic pick, and uh, I got off of him, like I, I shifted him for, I think it was Lukaku Ronaldo, because I did it on my wild card, I did it early, uh, it was the worst thing I did, because Vardy was like unbelievable, that in his first like, let's say 15, 16 games of the season, probably even more, he was incredible at some stage. Um, um, He's like then, one of those players that you watch, and then once he starts scoring one or two goals, you kind of get on because he does hit sort of that purple patch and can yeah. score like nine or two goals. Yeah, definitely, and he does it every season. So yeah, I think Vardy's still still one to watch from Leicester. There, um, I am. I'm surprised that Madison's uh, price has gone up to eight point oh. There seems it seems to be like the benchmark for midfielders. It's like, oh, who's this midfielder? Are they like a shiny card in match attacks? Oh, they must be eight point oh. Like it, that's, <laughs> it seems like that's the kind of um, you know scale that we're running with. So yeah, it's, it's almost like they made tiers of um, how they went last season. So obviously Saka outperformed his price massively. So therefore, you know what. We'll boost them up to eight. We'll put Madison on eight. You know, leave Foden and Mario's on eight. Like, it's kind of given... It's probably made it a bit more uh, difficult just because there's so many people at that price point now that you can kind of, you know... It probably makes it better for flexibility if you're wanting to go sideways to another person. That it is... it Like, it's much more interchangeable. Much more interchangeable. Like, in terms of... Uh, even look, we were talking before we started about the number of drafts that you've made. Uh, that people have had a bit to say about that. Um, but I've, you know, I've made a, I've made a few drafts myself, and um, yeah, there's so many players that you can swap in, swap out because they're all very, very similar priced. Um, but yeah, uh, I think to answer that question, probably yeah, still just keep an eye on Vardy, uh, Madison. I was surprised that Pereira is a midfielder. I think he started a left back. What are you? Oh, back sorry, right no, back? he's a he's a defense. I've uh, had a typo, mate. So um, is don't, he? Yeah? don't pay attention okay. to me, mate. He all does right, get like... high enough that he is a midfielder, but um, yeah. So you, you don't like the, like the like the FPL uh, app. It's like, oh, Perisic, yeah, he's been playing left wing uh, pretty much all his life. He's definitely <laughs> Dude, a left we'll back. Just, we'll just put him in defence. Yeah, that's good. 100%. Right. Um, and there's one person I might just point out uh, watching their preseason game uh, yesterday, uh, Castagne. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. Um, <laughs> is, that, is, that like, is that like that Italian dish, Lasagne? <laughs> Lasagne, <laughs> mate. Love a good Lasagne. Um, Castagne, he sort of come on, I think it was on for Justin um, out wide, and he actually looked really good. So there's a lot of people on Twitter saying that, you know, Justin should be nailed for this season. But I think the performance that Castagne put on yesterday, I think there could be okay. a chance that he might uh, nab that sort of spot. And he's four and a half as well. So Nice. I, I haven't seen Leicester play, so... 
Yeah, they didn't go too bad. Madison made his debut uh, in their second trial yesterday and just looked like uh, the Madison that we saw last season. So it'd be hard to go without him for week one, but definitely when the sort of fixtures start to come good, I'll be definitely getting him in for sure. I want to see an elastico from him, you know? And then (laughs) if I see an elastico from Madison, he's coming into my team because the midfield I've got now, we're going to go through it. But there's at least four or five elasticos in there, easily, easily. <laughs> so absolutely, uh, absolutely razzle midfield. Yeah, getting into the uh, UFO razzle uh, eleven, you know, if there's no elastico, you just you know you're gonna have to be looking at the bench here, like Fabio Silva, <laughs> Taylor, you know these types of guys, you know. So hundreds. Um, well, we might move on. We might move on to our next team, which is Man City. So they've actually Let's had go. a decent. Decent transfers, so they've got Calvin Phillips, uh, Stefan Ortega, uh, uh, Hallen. You got uh, Julian Alvarez. You know some nice additions there. I was sort of. I thought. Um, quite... I, I thought Alvarez they brought in uh, in our summer. I thought they brought in the winter window. Oh yeah, but he didn't arrive till this. Uh, oh, I see. To just recently, I think um, they bought him as like. Um, usually, you know, when you play FIFA, you buy them during the season, but. It doesn't yeah. sort of. It's not official till the end of the season. Yeah, uh-huh, I think it was uh-huh. something like that. It was outside the transfer yeah. window. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what's but, it? Carvalho um, was a bit like that with Liverpool, wasn't he? Fabio Carvalho. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even know he'd signed till I was watching the trial game. I went, oh bloody hell! They poached him from Fulham, the dogs. They uh, poached him <laughs> like it's junior football. He's, he's just sent a text to his mum. Hey, do you want to come and play for us next season? Yeah, <laughs> no, no that's problem. Probably how it worked. That's that's sort of that's um, Klopp would have just messaged him, mate. Got on the DMs. <laughs> oh. um, well, I might just touch on uh, Alvarez. Sort of did a bit of scout mission, which is uh, going on YouTube and just watching numerous highlights of uh, yeah. Alvarez Scandation. last season. But, you know, he has exceptional football IQ and he's a great finisher and he's ridiculously fast. Like, he's just... I think I messaged you as soon as I started watching some highlights and I'm thinking this dude is an absolute machine. So Yeah, he's... A lot of people are probably just saying that he's not going to get much game time, but you know what Hallon's been like in his career so far? He's sort of, I guess, had a few niggles, a few injuries. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does impress in, you know, the short amount of preseason games they have that he might uh, snag some minutes, maybe some bench minutes as well. But, um, yeah, sort of outside of that, the assets that are sort of I'm looking at at the moment is uh, Ken Sello, which is, you know, pretty obvious. Uh, Mares, yep. which we've spoken about, um, yep. and then you got Phil Foden as well. So, three, I think, quality assets. I'm, I would say KDB, but um, that's sort of only if you're going without one of the other premiums, which I think a lot of people will be probably going Kane, Salah, or Son, Salah, or you know, uh-huh. Hallam. So, but um, they're good fixture run. I've had a look. Uh, Week one to week ten, and then week thirty to week thirty-six. You're going to say it's uh, just week one to thirty-eight. Yeah, it's it's pretty much just in. <laughs> I wrote down the worst fixtures, which is nineteen to twenty-two. Which you know they the play hardest, Liverpool and what United. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the hardest fixtures they'll face all season. Which for them, you know, they can still win those games. But um, yeah, definitely sure. to start the season, you probably want one or two assets at least. Mate, but, go um, for the triple. <laughs> Go but, for yeah, the it's triple gonna be, double. It's going to be interesting because a lot of people are talking about Edison as well, which I can see because it's almost mm. like you know clean sheets every week. But 
I'm just not sure how many save points we'll be getting, which, you know, I'll tell is you a what, bit though. of a, a flaw that you can have for a goalkeeper. One thing that I was talking to uh, Matty Day about, because I've got a bit to say about City, because they're one of the teams that I love watching. Um, having Edison, and this made a lot of sense, right? Last year, everyone was like, oh, it's Laporte um, and Cancelo. And then Laporte get taken off, and it's Diaz and Cancelo. And then Diaz get taken off, and it was Laporte. And then, you, like, it was always interchanging, those, those two centre-backs. Edison is the one mainstay. Cancelo is the other mainstay. The only one outside of that that was a mainstay, pretty much, I reckon, 35 games of the season, probably more, was Bernardo Silva. Everyone yep. else got rotated every other player because there was even moments where people were like oh yes it's Phil Foden this is the time and of course like, I, I think Phil Foden's a pretty obvious choice and then he wouldn't start yep. yes they had Jesus yes they had Sterling I think that makes a very big difference um, they've only got one right winger at the moment it's pretty much Mares. Um but Foden can play there he can play on the left he can play in the nine role um, which is all I think is also going to be interesting to see how City play that number nine now because they have not played that way for... Since Aguero. Yeah, since Aguero. They, they haven't had a Haaland or an Alvarez. They've literally had a centre forward or a support striker always playing in a nine or a winger. So I think those, those are going to be the interesting things. Those will be the things that dictate um, where the uh, rotation comes in, the pep roulette, as people love to call it. Um, I've got three players in my side. I'm going with uh, Cancelo, Mares, because he's King Razzler. He has to be in there, right? And he can do, he can do elastico on his left foot. He's got elastico nutmegs when he was playing for Leicester, so you need him in the team. And I'm going with Haaland. Now, I don't usually go with the EO, okay? But people in the know know about the EO. And <laughs> if you're not with it, you're against it. You can win big, right? But you don't want to play against the house. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not House early doors. Wins, I've heard. Okay, exactly. House always wins. Not early doors anyway, right? So it, it could work for you, but then you need to understand when to hop on and hop off the EO boat, right? It is. It's a, it's a small ship that goes up and down the FPL. Uh, what can we call it? Like, is it a stream? Is it like a, <laughs> is it a channel? It's a, Maybe you know, the, the channel, the FPL channel, mate. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of that, uh, I'm going with Harland for this one because... Not that I think he's going to have like a Grealish uh, kind of season or a Lukaku even kind of season. There's always that possibility. There's always the the need to adjust to a new team, to a new league, to new players, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he could very well just uh, smashing goals as well. So then if uh, all the, let's say, 60-something or 70% of the accounts are getting those points, you want those points as well. So that's why I've gone with Haaland. Um, no, that makes sense. It's a, it's a it's now, a tricky situation because you got the likes of Kane as well, and you're like, do you go Kane or Haaland? Yeah, and then, that's yeah, right. It's that's it's right. So hard, even, and even Haaland if you go, could be like Dortmund slash Norway Haaland, where he just bangs in like you know mate, two three goals a game. It could be it could be Champions League Haaland, where he comes in for the debut and hits a hat trick. Yeah, like. It's like he's he has score his scoring in the Champions League is just it's his record's a joke, so yeah it could be that Holland. Um, I think 
I was going to say something else about about Man City as well. We were talking about Haaland. Um, what did you say about Kane and Son? Like that's the other thing. If you don't have Haaland up front and you go for a Jesus, then you can actually have like a Salah, Son, and then another um, asset in the midfield, like a, a big asset. I think if you've got if you've got Haaland, he takes away from like last last season it was very easy to have at times Fernandez and Salah or Salah and Son or Salah Son Kane because yep. the points were, were shared around. Yeah. Um, the only thing that will change this, and this is very new information coming in off the uh, Twitterverse about sixteen hours ago. So for people in Australia, that's like uh, two days ago in Europe. <laughs> um, Neymar may be on his way to the City. And if Neymar goes to City... Wrap up, wrap up the league title. Bro, I'm just... Yeah, I'm just going to... Uh, I'll just close close my FPL account. No point playing. <laughs> if, See, uh, that would Neymar actually throw City, a decent spinner in the works because would you go would. Neymar or Haaland? Look, in terms of how the English uh, football media rate Neymar, I reckon he's coming in at a 5.5. So you'd be able to have both. <laughs> You'd be able to have both, you know. Hey, uh, I would definitely like the, have, Neymar the would go straight to the side. From El De Paso, um, you know, does the FPL prices, mate. Why not have both? <laughs> exactly. Porque los, no los dos. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, I don't, look, I don't think they'll get Neymar. But um, you, just don't, you just don't know. There's, a, there's what, three weeks now until the season or two weeks, two and a half? Um, yeah. There's still a lot to happen. There's still going to be transfers. And I think the transfer window stays open. Did it stay open past the first round? I think it's... Uh, I saw somewhere on Twitter apparently staying open to week five. Wow. So there you go. So anything can happen, you know. Someone might sign Adebayor. I go straight in my seat. <laughs> oh, mate. He's, he's my favourite pundit at the moment, mate. Adebayor? No, I'm joking. He's your favourite pundit, mate. Do you know why? <laughs> he's... Look, he's a legend simply because he scored a header and made a full pitch celebration run and slid on his knees. Yeah, That's, I'm pretty sure if, a dude if, in my all-age team did that when he scored. I'm like, mate, come on, yeah. get it together. In front, in front of the rival fans. That's, that's in, front of the, in front of the, the 12 fans and their dog called Joe. Yeah. Hey, lucky. <laughs> lucky, lucky it wasn't a fast dog. That's all I can say. Um, I just want... Uh, ask a question, mate. Do you think with yes. West Ham in that first fixture, like if you're mm-hmm. looking at possibly maybe going Kane week one instead of Hallen, do you think there's a universe where West Ham, like last season, did make it a bit trickier for the bigger clubs that, you know, it's a bit of a, not a ball fest, but just a low-scoring game where Hallen doesn't quite get off the mark, but then... Um, you can move sideways to him for the next week's fixture, which is the Bournemouth fixture. Yeah, I think so, because look, er, er, anything and everything's possible, right? I think West Ham were one of few teams last season that took points from Man City. Uh, and, and Liverpool. And Liverpool. I believe so. I might have got that wrong, but I think um, I think I might have got the City wrong, but I, I know that they took points from Liverpool. So I think it was West a high-scoring game against City. I think either West Ham either drew, or it was like a, they lost 3-2 or something like that. But Uh-huh. But they, they, they get close, yeah? They, they can definitely uh, cause a problem for Manchester City this season. Uh, the first game, is it at the Etihad? It's at or West Ham. Mm, you see, now, I tell you what. It's a shame Damo's not here, because... 
West Ham's ground, when all those little bubbles start flying about, for some reason the team's massive. But <laughs> when they're at any other stadium, right, strange things happen. Honest, honest, like strange things happen. Like players just don't perform, you know, for some reason, Ben Rama dyes his hair a different colour. It's not the same. So, if they're playing at uh, West Ham Stadium, I think uh, that I think that that's that's the big the big clincher. That's, that's the clinch pin, man. Because uh, at their stadium, yeah, anything can happen, and it is opening day. You know, opening day, everyone comes out roaring, a lot of bubbles everywhere. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a festival. Because I'm sort of on the fence where maybe I go Kane and then double up maybe getting Edison in or even going Kukurea and Cancelo if Kukurea signs instead of just doing the double up defence and then not going any attackers and then obviously the next uh, week maybe switching to Kane to Helen or something like that. I've got, in my look, in my draft, in my bus team, as they're called, right? I've already <laughs> got, uh, I've got Kukurea. But at the moment, he's playing for the um, Brighton. So, yeah, if he goes to City, I'm going to have to move some things around. Um, that's, not a, that's not a bad tactic, mate, to have the two defenders and then just wait and see what happens. Especially if you think, like, the first fixtures are uh, a tricky one. Because I swear that week one every season throws up weird results where everyone's like, oh, geez, I didn't see that happening. Like, I think it was Brentford and Arsenal. Everyone was kind of like going heavy on Arsenal assets and then they end up getting beat 2-0. Yeah, and then everyone went heavy on Brentford assets and there was just no goals, a whole lot of posts. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I do remember um, that. I do remember that. I, had yeah. a, I think I heard something today that um, the Kukurea transfer wasn't going to happen until they got rid of Zinchenko and now it looks like Zinchenko is doing a medical at Arsenal. So Yes, he might go to Arsenal. That's exactly right, yeah. What a signing, so by the could, way. Yeah, 100%. Mate, it's a he's one signing. of the most... I don't know why they've, they're selling him. To be fair, I don't know why they're selling him. Um, because he's such a versatile player. Like, he plays number 10 for Ukraine. He plays Cam for Ukraine. And then uh, yeah. at, at City, he's played, I think, some, some defensive mid sometimes, and generally left back, you know? Yeah. But he, he can do everything. He does it all. Like, just a great player. Great club player. Yeah, well, we might move on to the next big club in the Premier League, which is Newcastle. So oh, their transfer, transfer is actually not a massive amount of transfers. I'd say there'd be a few coming in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Sven Botman, uh, you got Nick Pope, and you got Matt Target, who's signed on a permanent deal now, not just on loan. So, you know, nice. I did a, bit of, did a bit of YouTube scouting on the old Botman. And yep. uh, his defensive IQ is phenomenal. He just sort of, it's almost like he knows where the ball's going. He gets a lot of interceptions, very good in the air. Um, one-on-one, I saw a couple of players trying to, you know, do the old razzle-dazzle on him one-on-one. But, you know, he always came out on top. So I think, you know, that's someone that Newcastle really? probably needed to have we- as that last sort of line of defense. So, if, you know, he does get caught one-on-one. I mean, there's going to be a couple of players like maybe a Mo Salah that might be able to sort of, you know, do the razzle-dazzle and get passing. But from what I've seen, he's, he's very good on his feet. He doesn't go to ground easily. And then when he does go to ground, he makes sure that it's sort of like an 80-20 ball for him. So I think he's going to be really good. And, and what surprised me a fair bit was his passing ability. So he's got good long ball passing ability. So I think that might benefit someone like a St. Max and Wilson who like to get in behind defensive lines. 
and catch him on the counter. So he sounds a lot like uh, Bruno Guimaraes. Yeah, if Bruno Guimaraes was seven foot and yeah. phenomenal defensively, mate. But yeah, to be all serious, he, um, who's that person Arsenal signed in the back line? The German that was um, really skinny, lanky. Um, Pierre Mertesacker. Mertesacker. Yeah, yeah, it's like him, but at more coordinated. Wow. Okay. Okay. Look, I haven't seen him play. I know he, he was it. Was it? Uh, it wasn't Lyon. Was it Nice or Lille? Uh, I can tell was you. Was he playing right. in France? I'll get so to that. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was the French league, but I'll double check. Just got to I mean, make sure you know this. Good. This one thing that the pod prides itself on is, oh yeah, correct all the time. Uh from Lille. Uh, Lil, there we go. Uh, look, I tell you what, League One, loads of razzle. Much more razzle than the Premier League, I would say. So if he's used to dealing with the razzle, that's a great sign. And then obviously you've got Nick Pope, who, you know, you, we yeah, all know good what keeper. Nick Pope does. Yeah, decent yes, keeper. I think, it's, I think it's a great pickup. That's a great pickup by them. So and then Matt Target, who had a, a good season last year. I, I know I try to get yeah. you on the boat of the Matt Target boat. You did. You, <laughs> you, you loved, yeah, you loved Matt Target. You try to sell me Matt Target uh, every week, but you, you, I, what can I say? You tainted yourself with the Jose Sar Wolves um, epidemic that we had. Mate, you were like, I was hey, full, you mate, get, I got get my him in. Get him in. Get Jose Sai in. I was like, are you sure? Because he's a bit more than Sanchez. And, like, I really need this point three right now. You know, I needed that <laughs> to, to get me through the week. There was no bread and butter because I had to use that point three for Jose Sai. And then it's like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Like, Wolves be winning 2-0, 89th minute. Jose Sai, he just get the ball and throw it in his own net. I'm like, come on, Q, why? Why is this happening, you know? But, um, um, all right. Target, but hey? we might get on to... The fixtures as well to go from the assets we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so the best fixtures for them are week 17 to week 37. So quite a large sample size there. So yeah. their only, the worst fixtures that they have is 16 to 19, which when I'm saying worst fixtures, they play uh, Chelsea. See, Leicester's a red fixture. I wouldn't say that's a red fixture. Not for Newcastle, not now. Newcastle, Leicester, Leeds, Arsenal. It's not horrible, but, yeah. you know, Chelsea, depending on how it goes, but, you know, definitely could see him at least getting something in two out of those four games or even three out of the four. But their fixtures seem to be all spread out. So there's, I think, even to start the season, you know, they've got Nottingham Forest, they've got Brighton, then they've got Man City, but then they've got Wolves, then Liverpool, but then they've got Crystal Palace. So... They don't have, a, a, I guess, consecutive bad fixtures. They kind of got just bad fixtures thrown in amongst. But their fixtures to finish the season, I think, all the way from week 27 to about week 37 are really good. So Nice. So you think from week 17 to 37. So at some point there, they play Man City at home? Yep. So they play Man City at home in 26, and then they've got... Wolves, wow. Nottingham Forest, uh, Man United, which is a great fixture, which is fair from last season. Yeah. <laughs> um, got Brentford, Aston Villa, Spurs, Everton, Southampton, Arsenal, Leeds, and New- and Leicester City. So, Okay. Hey, well, look, Manchester United being a great fixture. We'll have a bit of a chat about Manchester United once we get past the uh, last two teams that we have here. But because um, uh, I went to, obviously, Manchester United versus Melbourne Victory the other night, so we can talk about that. Um, 
Yeah, but yeah. You, some you of the assets. assets. Callum I've Wilson. At, well, I've got three. So I've got Callum Wilson at seven and a half. Bruno Gamares uh, at six point oh, and Kieran Trippier, which you know me in last your team. Season. You got uh, him in I've your got, team. I've got Trippier and Wilson in my team at the moment. So Truth. I think Trippier. He has the injury concern, but if he's on the park, I I think that he can you know hold it to pretty much every asset that's sort of I guess behind Cancelo and Trent. I actually think he could match the likes of Chilwell and Reese James, in my honest opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, when he came from Atletico during the the midway point of the season, like he was scoring free kicks, he was getting assists, wasn't he? He was actually getting points. Uh, he yeah. was the reason they were not. I wouldn't say the sole reason they were winning games or getting results, but he was a big contribution to that. Nah, he was literally... I sort of I was really gutted for him when he got injured, sort of... Yeah, yeah. You know, he was, he was finding good form, and maybe just one person I might point out from just watching the trials is uh, Willick, their last trial. He just looked like a man just possessed. He was everywhere, me, skinning people, getting into the box, say, which we saw a couple of times last season. Yeah, but the season before that, when they loaned him from Arsenal, Joe Willock, yeah? Yeah. When they loaned him from Arsenal, incredible. Scoring goals all the time. And I had him as like a, um, not a sub, I actually had him as like my third striker and the start of last season. And I don't think he quite, yeah, he just, I don't know, he didn't, didn't really perform for me, you know? Uh, maybe I had him at the wrong times. Um but he wasn't that Joe Willock that we saw at Arsenal. So, if you, But if you're saying that now he's hit the ground running, he might have, you don't know, he might have had niggles, he might have had small injuries, whatever, um, and also time to just adjust, you know. Like, he might have really wanted to play for Arsenal. You never know these things. Um, you know, he looked really good, and even Bruno Gamares was playing a bit more advanced. To sort of, He started a bit deeper, but um, sort of the back end of that trial game, he was sitting more as a number 10, which, you know, you'd yeah. like to see because... You know, he was an absolute razzler last season. 100% he's quality. Gamaras, hey man, look, there's only four players that have to play in this midfield, right? It's Gamaras, say Maxman, Almiron, and Joel Linton. That's it. That's all they need. Just put four up front and play six at the back. That's it. <laughs> Who, is there anyone that you're sort of liking at the moment outside, obviously Trippier, because I know you sort of like him as well. I do, I do like Trippier. Mate, I've got St. Max because he's a midfielder this year. Yeah. He's a midfielder. He's going to play left wing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's in the midfield. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't leave him as a striker. Um, I think he, he would be a great strike option because he's still around, I'm pretty sure he's around that six mark. Uh, yeah, I'm price. pretty sure. So I'm just going to have a little look here. He's 6.5. The 6.5, yeah. He's, he's Which is a good price point. He's around yeah. sort of the likes of Sinistera and uh, Rashford and, you know, there's a few others. Sinistera. Hey, we'll have to talk about him in a second as well. Sinistera. This guy is he's un- unbelievable. I can't believe that video you showed me the other day. Incredible <laughs> player. Um, but yeah, you know, you know I like to talk people up and you kind of have to background check me before you <laughs> before you believe what I'm saying. But, yeah, it was good that um, once you watched the yeah, video, no. you saw what I was talking about. I did. Uh, Sinistera. Who, you, who did you show me? You showed me there was Sinistera and there was another player. Arebo. Who was the other one? Yeah, I didn't. No, not Arebo. Not Arebo. Um, it was in 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 Cio. Oh, in, in oh, in yeah, in Kiso from Brighton. Yeah, yeah. I was like, eh. 
okay, yeah, I see he's a good player. He wasn't really like, you know, he, did, he didn't get the UFO going. Whereas Sinistera, mate, what a player. He was, mate, we, um, when he came aboard. was like a, um, what is that, Razzler from Wish. Rassler <laughs> from Wish. Mate, Sinistera, when he, when he came onto the, onto the ship, we gave him a jacket. That's what it was like. Like, you know, you know, in the golf, when they, I don't know what it is, that Masters or whatever, and they give him one of those green jackets. Yeah, he came oh, yeah, on, we yeah. gave him like a, he got like this silver jacket. It was ridiculous. Um, what a player. Um, in terms of the Newcastle assets, though, I've got Bruno Guimaraes and St. Maximin. That's what I'm going with uh, at the moment. No, uh, no Joel Linton, as much as I'd like to have him. I actually think towards the end of last season, Joel Linton was destroying it like he was playing unbelievably nutmegging people and all sorts it all um, started with the United fixture mate when he nutmegged did. the fixture did he nutmeg Sancho uh, was I think someone... it was Rashford I think it was Rashford yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was absolutely filthy I remember actually we were talking that night when I was watching the games I think it might have been the early fixture and I just remember you going oh my god Joe Linton <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's it he decided to uh he decided to step into the cockpit on the uh, on the razzle ship, mate. He was driving it that night. Incredible. I actually heard a rumor, a transfer rumor for Newcastle. I'm not sure how true it is, but they're oh. apparently going in for Paqueta. Say it. Is that his Say, name? Yes, Paqueta. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. I tell you what, if if he comes, I'm just going to take all of the players out of my team, and I'm just going to have one asset. And it's going to be Paqueta. See, I heard a rumour that even Manchester City are looking at Paqueta, so I'm assuming if oh. they end up looking at him, he won't go to Newcastle. But but the thing knows? is, like, if he goes to Newcastle, you know he's going to be a main man, right? He's going to play. If he goes to City, he has to compete with, because he is one of those, like, he's a, he's not a winger, but he's not just a 10 for Leon either. He is, he goes in between, he's like a free roll, he's on the side sometimes, he'll get the ball in the middle... Um, City don't really have that type of player, you know, unless he plays that nine. Yeah. Which, which then, it's, well, surely it's going to be Haaland after all the money they've paid for him. Uh, you don't know. You don't know. But look, if Newcastle get Paqueta, I have to get a Newcastle kit with Paqueta on the back. It has to be done. You know? um, I, I was hoping United got Anthony so I could do the same, but that seems to have fizzled out. Oh, you can always just get a, a Malasia um, on the back. Hey, very good player, by the way. I no, love the way he play, man. Left, I'm kind of hoping back. he does jag a spot, but not sure. I think sure. he will. I think he will. Like, who's he going to compete with? Who, Tellez? Luke, Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw, Malcia uh, yeah, and Tellez. Yeah. Look, 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 if Luke Shaw can stay fit, um, like he doesn't have his injury troubles, and he's like the Luke Shaw we saw in the Euro, Shawberto Carlos, incredible. Yeah, you know, 100%. He'll, he'll be great. But Malasia, mate, I I really enjoyed watching him. He's a great player because I, I watched him closely when he came on because I was like, all right, let's see what his first touch is like, mate. Sole of the foot straight away. So I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is my type of player. This is my type of player. And you know, he's got a few little shoulder dummies and this and that. He drags a ball, rolls his foot across the ball. I was just like, oh, mate, what a player. These are the left backs I like. You know, before so, um, we get on to Southampton, um, uh-huh. do you think that Callum Wilson is a nice? differential to the Jesus or do you think that you know that might just be playing in dangerous waters by sort of getting in Wilson instead of Jesus I think it's tough um obviously Callum Wilson 
Look, look, last season, if he didn't get injured, mate, they wouldn't have signed Chris Wood and they would have had a bag more goals. Like, Callum Wilson finds the back of the net. That's, that's for sure. You know, he's, he's an excellent player. Um, but Jesus at Arsenal, I feel, I feel like he's going to be the focal point. Because yeah. have, has Arsenal, have they offloaded Lacazette as well yet? Has it happened? Or is it just a, a rumour? I, I swear they did offload him, but I'm not 100% sure. Because they've got Nketiah. Yeah. Um, yes, they've got Nketiah. They have, um, I'm trying to think of who else they have up front. Martinelli, they have, you know, now they've got Jesus. But they don't, obviously, Aubameyang left. Um, Lacazette's not there. There's like, yeah, there's not really such... a lot of options, really. If I guess if you look at it, like Nketiah right. will probably want to play because he just signed his new contract. But whereas you know Newcastle, they've got a lot of striking options now. Yeah, because Callum Wilson got injured and they all panicked and went and bought five strikers. <laughs> That's what it yeah. seemed like, didn't it? They just had strikers on strikers. So, and especially with Joe, like Joe Willock, he's a striker. Yeah, uh, no, I was sort of. I was sort of in two minds, just going through my side, which we'll talk about a bit later. But yeah, just sort of yeah. in that position where I'm like, I had Jesus. Um, I think it was after the first trial when he he'd been in two goals and just looked absolutely ridiculous. And I took Callum yeah, Wilson huh. out, and then I was kind of just sitting there pondering, going, ah, oh, but I think Callum Wilson could bang in the two fixtures. So I'm sort of um, yeah in two minds with that one. But might fair, get onto Southampton. So. Looking Let's at Southampton, Southampton's transfer so far, so they got the Joe Rebo, which we spoke about early, and uh, Romeo Lavia from, I think, from Manchester City they got him from. Um, and then they've got uh, Armel Bello Kotchap, which is a defensive centre-back, uh, Matthias Liss, and then they've got Gavin Bazuna from Manchester City, who I'll do a couple of sort of scout reports on a couple of these players. So... Arebo, I think I spoke to you, great technical ability, silky yes. skills, uh, knows how to finish, has great passing ability, um, you know, loves sort of quick f- first-touch football. Um, he sort of, as I said, he reminds me a little bit of Tom Rogic, which, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really like to compare to... I guess straight <laughs> football's a bit different, but he just... No, but... I guess just these mannerisms, the way he moves yes. around the park, it's almost like he looks slow, but he's say, quick. I was going to say, in terms of that, that comparison, it's uh, it's not a bad one because Tom is a taller player. Joe Rebo is a tall player. And the way he does move, he's quite elegant. Um, I, th- I think that's the way you put it. It's kind of like, look, I don't want to say Patrick Vieira, but Vieira was over six foot and he moved in a very similar fashion, right? Good with the ball. Yeah. Same with Gilberto Silva. Um, these these types of uh, of tall midfielders actually Pogba's like that as well. Pogba moves very nicely with the ball, and he's a tall midfielder. Um, yep. So Joe Arrivo, uh obviously played at uh, Glasgow Rangers when they won the league, when they got to the final of the uh, Europa League. Um, he's had some good seasons there at Glasgow Rangers, and uh, he was always causing problems for defenses. Like he's very good on the ball, very good passing. Um, all the dot points you've got here, you know, like I think it's a it's an unbelievable signing for Southampton. And his class is a midfielder as well, but um, from watching the trial the other day, he spent a bit of time up front. So, and he did play up front for Rangers last season as well. So, yep. if he does yeah. jag one of those striker positions, maybe next to a She Adams, I think he's good value at five and a half uh, in the midfield there. And uh, that Bella Kotchap um, didn't really. He was all right. Great aerial ability, really good aerial ability, which, you know, he's good offset pieces, but 
you know, not sort of similar to the skill set that we spoke about with Botman. He's sort of probably not as good on the ball, but definitely has great aerial ability. And Gavin Bazunu, which I'm hoping he grabs the uh, starting goalkeeper spot because he's a ridiculous shot stopper. Um, shows great positioning and his reflexes are just absolutely ridiculous as well. So at 4.5, I'm kind of hoping that he does jag sort of that starting role. I think they've got, uh, I think McCarthy was in goals for them the other day for their trial, but I'm sort of hoping that um, he can get that number one spot. But looking at uh, their fixtures, the best fixtures for them is probably 17 to 23, and the worst fixtures is the start of the season in week one to five. So. <laughs> probably want to avoid them to start the season but at least starting the season you'll get to have a good look at where Rebo is going to play and whether Bazuni is going to get the starting spot but you know outside uh Bazunu and uh Aribo, James Ward-Prowse is just a given you know he's just an absolute freak for a free kick taker and a lot of their creativity comes from him as well so I think he's a decent asset to look at. Um, is there anyone else that sort of you're looking at, or anything you want to add on to the likes of Ward Prowse or anything else? I am. Uh, all I'll say about James Ward Prowse is for six point five, <clears throat> I think he's going to be an unbelievable asset this season. Reason being, he's on the corners, he's on the free kicks, he might start taking the goal kicks. You don't know, um, but if he's on, oh, he's on penalties as well. So if he's on all those set pieces. Um, and one thing that uh, we were talking to, I was talking to Maddie about as well, because I said, look, what do you think about Ward-Prowse? Because there's not a lot of chat about him. There's obviously an oodle of midfield options um, at the start of the season, and I think he's gone a bit under the radar. But if he hits the ground running, he's going to, like, he has those few games where he scores or he assists or he scores two or, you know, like he'll go on these um, really nice uh, run of fixtures, like, all in a row. Um, yep. If he hits that kind of form, mate, he's not going to stay 6.5 for too long. No, 100%. It's sort of it's one of those things where I think the template's going to change to possibly one of the 8.0 midfielders, then you're going to have your premium, and then I think one of these 6.5 to 7 are going to be, there's going to be a slot of players in there that people are going to look at, and, you know, Ward-Prowse is definitely, you know, a good option for that, especially for their fixture run as well. Yeah, 100%. But um, sort of not too much to add on Southampton. They haven't looked the best in preseason, but I think they've only played one preseason game, two preseason games so far. So haven't really got a good look at them, but they've got a few coming up. So definitely get a sort of a better look at how you know they're going to go. But um, might move on to Everton. So I watched um, Everton today. Got to see uh, James Tarkowski, um, Tarkowski. Um, how would you like to pronounce it, uh, who signed from Burnley. He actually come on the park in the second half and they actually looked a lot better defensively when he come on. So oh. he could be someone to maybe target um, Everton. I sort of, they've got decent fixtures. I think I've wrote it down here from week 12 to week 20, but they also fixtures after week one. I think week two and a couple of games there aren't too bad either. So looking at, Maybe some of their other assets are Vitaly uh, Mikolenko, uh, yep. Damari Gray are two other people that will uh, sort of no, pique my um, interest. Um, no Calvert-Lewin? I just, I'm just not sold. I just yeah, did put yeah. a bad taste in my mouth last season. I got him in and he kind of <laughs> just, he almost did the old uh, Houdini 
he was on the pitch, but you just couldn't see him. Yeah, yeah. So, I suppose the season but, the season before that, he was like, uh, what was he yeah, called? He was, he, was, he was being called DCL7 or something like this? Or he we actually started the season good before <clears throat> he got injured um, last season. Yeah, it's true. True, but, but he was starting like he was starting like um, what like Ronaldo, weren't they? They were comparing him because he's just scoring headers all the time. It's ridiculous. But then, <laughs> but then you look at his price point at eight point oh. You know, you can get Jesus or you can get Callum Wilson for seven and a half, and I think those two are you know better options. But as I said, they've got a hard fixture week one against Chelsea, but then uh, week two they've got Villa, Nottingham Forest, Brentford, Leeds. And then back to hard fixture with Liverpool, but I think even if you you watch him against Chelsea and he bangs against Chelsea, you know you might be able to sort of get him in the next week. But I think Mikalenko defensively they didn't look the best today against Arsenal, but he does offer a sort of that attacking sort of um, I guess defensive asset where there's a chance that he can get involved with crosses in the box and I'm pretty sure he scored a couple of goals last season as well so he does get quite high and you know I'm sort of looking at Damari Gray he started the season good last year but then kind of fell off a cliff towards the end of the season but with your best mate Richarlison sort of not in the team anymore you think mm. they're going to have to look towards Damari Gray to sort of I guess um, make uh, pull the slack maybe make up for sort of Richarlison not being there anymore sort of feeding balls to DCL or even trying to get sort of doing that overlapping run that Richarlison used to do and get in the box a bit more. Damari Gray is a fantastic player. Very, very skillful, good 1v1. And he did have a few moments, um, especially last season where uh, he scored some... He scored a wonder goal, didn't he? He scored some great goals, some excellent goals. Uh, Is Andros Townsend still at Everton? I think he's still kicking about. I'll have a look. Um, Let's just go have a look. Because he was another one as well last season that was like, every now and then he'd pop up, you know. The name was... He's out for knee injuries. Apparently expected back 1st of October. So he's probably going to... Probably not going to be an option until maybe after Christmas, depending on sort of how he rehabs. But maybe another trial watch play that looked good today was a Wobie. When he come on, he looked really good. Yeah, Alex Wobie. So he's he's a bit of a a, a sort of a interesting asset just because at Arsenal, you know, he was you know the next best thing and he just looked really good. But then obviously didn't get much game time and then come to Everton. Mm. I think had a couple of games where he flashed, but then you know he wasn't consistent enough. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, look, you never know. Players can have those seasons, can't they? Um, you talked about Richarlison. Do you think that game week? Uh, game week two that his price is going to go up because everyone's going to go and buy I'm not sure see I've, I was interested to see I think I watched this, the last Spurs game he didn't look too bad but he I, he didn't play much game time the one before I just haven't okay. I don't think he's had enough time to find his feet yeah to adjust so but it'll be interesting to see because they do have a, I think they've got like another three or four preseason games so I think there's going to be enough time to get a decent sample size and how he's going to look because come that game week two, you know, he's definitely going to be an option if, you know, he's in form in preseason. Yeah, for sure. He's excellent. Still don't, can't believe he got a suspension and he's missing week one because of the flare. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, why is the flare on the pitch in the first place? Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's a completely different conversation, isn't it? Like, you can do a whole podcast on that one. 
Um, yeah. Is there anything else with Everton that you'd like to add, or are you sort of? No, I'm good, really man. Thinking? I'm I'm good on Everton. There's uh, yeah. the spaceship kind of it hovers a little, but then it just it moves on, mate. It doesn't really <laughs> stop there for too long. Um, I might just touch on obviously the other transfer which I didn't mention is uh, Decore. He um he actually didn't look too bad today. Great passing ability. I think he hit an absolute rocket of a ball, maybe like a 25-metre ball and found, oh, I'm not sure who the winger was, but found him right on the foot in stride, so it was pretty impressive. Actually, so. Anthony Gordon's still at Everton, isn't he? Yes, old John Gordon, police chief. Mate, Gordon is a razzler. That is a player. He's an absolute player. I, I said he was good toward the last of, uh, part of, of the end of last season. Um, he's someone that I'd be looking at. I'm not sure how much he, he costs at the moment. If you want to do a I think quick he's check, sitting um, at um, five point five. Yeah. So oh, that's still it's still a, it's a difficult price, isn't it? Like you want it you want it to be a four point five. Then it's all fun and games. Um, but he's Anthony Gordon is a fantastic player. You know, like I think he scored in one of the the last games of the season. Uh, was influential in keeping Everton up as well. Um, yeah. And this is obviously. Frank Lampard gets a full pre-season with, um, with Everton as well. Lampard's still the manager, yes? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, um, Anthony Gordon, mate. I, I think Anthony Gordon. Why not? <laughs> if you want to live you know? life on the edge, mate, uh, 100%. No, he, but... look, he, he, can, he can do a step over, can't he? So he's, he's got something there. Well, that wraps up so the teams we're going to cover on this week's pod, but um, we might just have a bit of a chat about our, how our teams are looking. I've, sort of, I've done another draft up in the last probably one hour, so, um, so yeah, I was, I'm starting with uh, uh, Mesle in goals from Leeds oh, after yes. watching his performance today. Just How much does uh, the old Meslier cost? 4.5. Okay, so he's Sanchez in disguise. That's good. Yeah, so they've had some decent fixtures. So they've got Wolves, Southampton, then Chelsea, then Brighton, Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, and Manchester United in their first eight games. So I think there should be opportunity for some save points mixed in with maybe a couple of clean sheets, depending on how, obviously, a couple of those sides attack. But um, I just think... You know, enables me to do a bit more. So in my defensive line, I got Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, Trippier, Cancelo, Zinchenko. Then I've got Mount, Salah, Foden, Bailey, Jesus, and Kane. And then on the bench, I've got in uh, Siso, Neko Williams, and Andreas, former Manchester United. Oh yeah, Pereira, yeah. Yes, that's correct. So that's Best my Pereira. side at nice. the moment. That's a decent pick. So, no Haaland? No, not at the moment. Uh, that's why I'm sort of tossing up whether I go Haaland yeah. week one or whether I go Kane week one, um, possibly captain him against Southampton, and then the following then week yeah. go sideways to Haaland for their decent yeah. fixture against Bournemouth. Uh-huh. And you've also got uh, Zinchenko as well. Is that predicting the Arsenal move? Yes, so depending on how that goes, I can move to... I've had a look at Christensen from Leeds, um, who looked looked pretty good. Um, Or maybe even going down to maybe a Tomiyasu or someone like that. Um, Uh And then using the the .5 and, you know, maybe going somewhere else. 
with one of my players, but not not fully finished yet. But sort of the locks of my team at the moment: um, Trent, uh, Trippier, Cancelo, Salah, and Mount and Kane at the moment are my locks. And Bailey, I think I'm gonna keep Bailey in there. He's looked really good. Leon Bailey is Leon Bailey midfield or striker? Uh, midfield, five point zero. Ooh, oh, what? Five point zero? Yeah, it's a good price. You are joking me. Five point zero for Leon Bailey? My FPL have done it again. They don't know who this is. <laughs> they don't know who this is. Is Leon there any? Uh, what are your thoughts on that side at the moment? As it stands, that that you just named, yeah, yeah, I think it looks good. I think look, the thoughts that I had, um, I I raised. I was like, you know, why would you go with this player or that player or Harlan's and Chenko, etc. Um, I like the inclusion of Leon Bailey. I did not know he's a five point zero. That's actually that that makes man. I don't think I can go to sleep now. That's giving me a lot to think about. Well, the thing that uh, is funny is Twitter's blown up about Neto at 5.5, saying he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. But Neto's a great player, though. He is a good player. Just Wolves' attack, which is very, like... If you get the wheat bigs, just the plain wheat bigs, there's no fruit, there's no nothing. It's just, you know, pasty. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I take sort of like a punt on on Bailey in an Aston Villa, you know, Aston Villa attack. Yeah. The only thing I'd say about that with Bailey is you've got Coutinho, Watkins, Buendia, Ings. Ings, Yeah. Um, Who else was there? Uh, Is Ramsey there still? Yes. So I saw... They're all quite attacking players. See, some insider, I'm not sure how much he knows, but he reckons possibly they line up. <laughs> uh, possibly line up week one, uh, Watkins up front with Coutinho and Bailey in behind as attacking midfielders. Yeah? i tell you and what, then, mate. If that happens, you've, you've, you've got to roll the dice, don't you? And then I think they're going to have Ramsey, um, their new player. Um, what's his name? They've got Bournemouth uh, as well. Kamara, Boobkar, yeah. Boobkar, Kamara. They got Boobkar, Kamara? Yes. So he Is actually looked a... really good today as well. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I know who this Boobkar, Kamara is. Now, if this is the one that's played at Porto, uh, Marseille. I'll get it up for you now. Uh... I'm having a look. He's at Marseille. No, he's a young player. No, it's not the player I'm thinking of. No, yeah, no, Marseille. it's from Marseille. Yeah. Marseille, Aston Villa. All right, I'm going to have to go have a look because I feel like this guy has an elastico in his locker. I'm going to have to go and have a look because I've heard that name before. I've heard how's, that name um, before. How's your side looking? Uh, my side looks like it did last year. Very similar. <laughs> um, a, few, a few different inclusions, of course, but at the moment I'm going Sanchez, Brighton in goals. Kukurea, right back, uh, Brighton. Then... Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Perisic, left-back. I know everyone's jumped on Perisic. I think it is because he's basically a left-winger and they're putting him at left-back I don't, or, yeah. or putting him as a defender. I don't know why they've done that FPL, but they do sometimes. Um, Salah, Bruno Guimaraes, St. Maximin, Coutinho, Mares. There's just elasticos everywhere. And then up front, um, Haaland. And then on me bench, Fabio Silva, uh, Vestergaard, and... 
Taylor from Nottingham Forest. So yeah, very nice. I actually don't mind that side, mate. Yeah, you know it's a uh, it's a little bit risky, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of razzle dazzle in there, and if the razzlins get dazzling, then you know this team's going to do amazingly well. <laughs> um, See, I kind of if, feel like you grab like maybe four locked in plays, and it might some might change throughout the rest of preseason. But I think you've got a core sort of group of plays that you're kind of happy to stick with. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm pretty happy with uh, like for instance Sanchez and goals. Alexander Arnold, Cancelo. Um, depends to see what Tottenham decide to do with Perisic. Uh, I actually think they're going to do the three-five-two, and he's going to be a left mid, so he'll be amazing there. Um, uh, Kukurea depends on what happens with uh, his transfer. Salah, Saint Max, Coutinho, and Mares. I always want in my team. I would have yeah. had Bernardo instead of Bruno Guimaraes, but I think he's going to go to uh, Barcelona. I think, yeah, I think it's pretty much down to maybe the medical and personal terms, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Haaland, Haaland, I'm just, you know, like, again, it's EO and it's uh, it's to be seen. Yeah, no, I like it. I think that um, they're actually a pretty decent side and especially if Bruno Gamares ends up sort of sitting a bit further forward. Yes, I think he yes. could be a massive pick. Yeah, exactly, and he's cheap as well. He's like a could be like a Gundogan or a uh, or a Bernardo of previous seasons. No, hundred percent. Well, to finish out the pod, might just talk about United. I think I spoke yes, to you. Let's I thought do it. they they looked really good actually. In I know it's against Melbourne Victory. A lot of people are going, oh, don't get excited, it's Melbourne Victory. But just the way they played, I think was more. That's exactly what I wanted to point out because. I had this chat with a friend today. He's an avid Manchester United fan. And he goes, oh, I expected them to be moving more, breaking lines, doing this, doing that. I'm like, look, you can only play against the team in front of you. And they played two different, completely different sides for 45 minutes. So in the first half, we had like our Sancho's, your Shaw's, your Dallow's, uh, Bruno Fernandes. In the second half, <clears throat> it was completely different. I think Alex Tellez came on, um, Zidane Iqbal, uh, Ch- uh, Charlie Savage, um, Rashford didn't play the first half. Um, Anthony Marshall played. So there was two completely different sides out there. Um, I think what was really good to see was the amount of possession they had, the amount of isolations they created in wide areas, the amount of underlaps and overlaps that they created in wide areas, and also the nature of some of their goals. Because even though... I think the third goal was an own goal. It was still a ball across a box, and it was still worked in with either, I can't remember if it was an over and underlap. Um, their second goal was the result of that exact same kind of play, possession, then the ball out wide, the ball comes in. Marshall pretty much just controlled it. I think it was a defensive area, but Marshall controlled it and just like side-footed in. Yeah. Um, and the final goal was actually a really nice through ball, um, and, and Rashford did what Rashford does best, you know. I think if Rashford, if Rashford can fire this season like we've seen previously, not so much last season, um, Manchester United are going to be uh, a very, very good side this season, especially if they play to keep possession. I think it's something completely um, different from what they are used to, and I think it's a move toward the way football is evolving. If we look at Manchester City, Four titles in the last five seasons. People are saying they're going to go five in six, which would be absolutely incredible. I don't want to talk about the Premier League being a farmer's league, but 
they're <laughs> definitely making a good uh, case for that if they're winning it that much. Um, yeah. But Manchester City do exactly that. They keep possession of the ball. They try and break lines. They try and get ball side um, overloads. They try and get the underlap, the overlaps. They try and get the ball into the six-yard box. Uh, you know, Obviously, they're still having shots from outside the box as well, but City try to work the ball in. That is exactly what I saw from Ten Hag's Manchester United. Um, even their little warm-ups, like the rondos that they were doing, the transitions in between their warm-up and stuff, the things they were doing in the warm-up, you could see going into the match. Just little link-ups, connection play between players, wide players, the players on the inside as well. It was some of the most promising stuff I've seen um, from Manchester United in a long time. Now, within that, um, I was at the game, so we're watching it live. Yes, they're playing against A-League opposition. Um, I don't watch... I hadn't watched really a lot of Manchester United since last season or even toward the end of last season. I don't think I watched the last five games or so. Um, So it may just be that it's all brand new. But I think things look very, very promising. Um, I'm actually thinking of putting Jaden Sancho into my side. Because I think Sancho under Ten Hag will be an unbelievable player. I think he's going to be incredible. Yeah. No, 100%. I think um, just some of the, even their signings that they're making, I think, is going to improve them a lot better. And there's been a lot of laugh on Twitter about uh, Martinez signing because he's so small. But watching him, he's just an absolute machine on the ball, great on the ball, um, great passing ability. He can play as a defensive mid, but I think his distribution is what is going to help us massively this season because we lacked that a bit last season with Harry Maguire. Like, you know, Harry Maguire previous has been pretty good, but last season just, you know, I think that's what sort of cost us the few sort of goals in the end was just poor distribution from the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, there's Mar- well, Martinez, Ericsson. I think they've got Frankie De Jong as well. Will possibly yeah, possibly. Um, so, yeah, you just don't know. Like, And again, if they're running the window until round five, there's a lot that can happen. Um, but the Man United with under 10 hug, look, it's also Ajax philosophy. You've seen what he's done with the Ajax side. Uh, you know, players like Anthony, Neres, uh, Frankie De Jong, um, De Ligt, um, who was the, the other one that's already there, Van der Beek. Like, I'm pretty sure he had them as well when they were in the Champions League. Am I right? Yeah. No, he did. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So he's, you know, he has done some incredible things um, with a very, very young squad and also some very, very good players. And I think he has similar types of players in this Manchester United squad. So once he settles, uh, settles his philosophy in and his way of playing, no, I think it could be very exciting, you know. But look, we say this every season with Manchester United at the moment. I think we are, <clears throat> even even me personally, I, I look forward to watching Manchester United when they play him and, you know, that old Trafford of like 2008 and, and previous years, you know, um, yeah. especially when I was growing up. Like, it was always the game you wanted to watch. And I think, um, especially our generation, we look forward to seeing that again. So there's always positivity. There's always a... Um, a spark around it, I guess, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But mate, it looked very, very good, and I'm hoping to go on Tuesday again uh, to see them against Crystal Palace. Um, and we might just have to do a Man United pod, mate. We might just have to have a bit more chat. Bit more chat about Man United. Eze, mate. Fifty minutes on Eze. 
Oh, Erebechi, what a player, by the way. I hope I get to see, I hope I get to see him. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. If not, I'll watch it on telly. <laughs> 100%. Well, that wraps up our pod this week anyway. Um, might just... Um, I told you it wouldn't be that long of a pod, mate. So it's sitting at about well, one hour and look, three minutes, mate. Yeah, one hour, three. I tell you what, we've done well. Usually we're double this time, so we've done very well. <laughs> um, for anyone that hasn't uh, followed me on Twitter, head over to my page, FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz. Just started doing the team previews. I think I've got about 12 slash 13 of them done. So definitely head over and check those out. And then I've also got a preseason thread, which is covering every single preseason game. I think there might be about 60-odd games that are going to be up on that thread by the time the season starts. So... A lot of extra work for me, but um, it definitely will help a lot of people out that don't have the time that I do it, you know, middle of the night to yeah, be watching troll <laughs> games. <laughs> but uh, things are coming on, Dan, mate. It's um, finally no, no, thank- get it done. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm glad we got to get it done. Uh, we don't have to wait for next week, you know. I'm the first. This is the first part of the new season. Get in. Let's go. Um so, yeah, I'm very happy that we got to do it. And thanks for having me on again, mate. It's always a pleasure. No worries. We'll be back later this week with another pod for our second episode and covering another five teams. Till then, I'll see you.